Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And Daphne is not here today because this is a very unusual episode. <laughs> uh, before we begin, remember that I am not a doctor. So please talk to your doctor or your medical practitioner or your mental health professional if you have any questions about your physical and mental health. Uh, so this is not a topic that I ever thought we would need to cover on the show. Uh, I'm laughing because it's very bizarre, not because it's funny, uh, but we are in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, the coronavirus disease COVID-19 is dramatically changing life in the U.S. and around the world um, in ways that I never could have imagined. It's very much like watching a Will Smith movie from the late 2000s, um, except that uh, we're not Will Smith. <laughs> um, depending where you live and uh, what your life looks like, this may be looking really different to you. Um, maybe you're working from home and it in some ways feels like a treat. Maybe you lost your job and it's devastating. Um, maybe your schools are closed and you're trying to figure out how you and your partner can both get your work done and take care of your kids. Um, maybe you had to postpone a wedding or a birthday party or a funeral Maybe you are sick or you're afraid that you're going to get sick and that's really terrifying to you. Um, it's an incredibly stressful time no matter what your situation is. And so I thought it would be appropriate to do a special episode to talk about what we can do to handle the stress and anxiety of this really unique time um, that we're living in. Uh, so I am not doing this alone. I called in an expert. Um, so uh, welcome to the show, Kelly hey. Cavalier. Thank you. <laughs> it's so great to be here. Thank you for focusing on this topic. Sure. Um, so Kelly, who are you and what do you do? I am a licensed clinical social worker in New York City. Um, basically, that means I am a therapist. Um, I have a small <laughs> private practice here in Brooklyn. Um, and anxiety is a really big topic these days. Yeah. Uh, we know each other because we are mom friends. And so we uh, have talked a lot on a personal level about like hashtag feelings. Um, and so <laughs> I knew that Kelly would be a great person to talk to um, about like what to do when the whole world changes. Um, uh, so uh, to get started, um, I thought I would do just like in case someone's listening to this from the future and you haven't been watching CNN like 24 hours a day for the last two weeks, um, quick overview of what the heck is going on. Uh, so um, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause illnesses, everything from like the common cold to things like SARS that you might remember from a few years ago. Um, and the one that is currently causing this pandemic um, was discovered in December of 2019 in Wuhan, China, and has since spread across the globe. Um, the most common symptoms are fever, tiredness, and a dry cough. There are a bunch of less common symptoms, but those are the main ones. Um, most people will recover just fine from getting it, but about one in six are going to have um, really serious illnesses. Um, specifically, they're going to have difficulty breathing, um, which is what's putting people in the hospital. And that's especially true for older people or people with compromised immune systems. Um, 
uh, it can be really serious. And a lot of people in the world uh, have already died. So obviously a really serious topic. Um, and uh, it has really become the kind of the only thing that is going on, uh, at least in the U.S. right now, um, is trying to keep this from spreading as much as we can and trying to keep from overwhelming the healthcare system. Um, a lot of what's affecting most of us at this point is not so much getting sick, but is the fact that we've been asked to socially distance is the term that I had never heard before like a week ago and now is everywhere um, because we are trying to make it harder for the virus to spread um, so that uh, there's enough like ventilators at hospitals for people who really need them um, and so that there are enough supplies to treat the people who really need help. Um, so of course, you know, in terms of our own health, we need to be washing our hands uh, all the time for at least 20 seconds with soap and water. Uh, we need to be covering our mouths when we sneeze. But like, please, I really hope you were doing that already. <laughs> so so there's the, the stuff that we are already hearing all the time. I mean, in New York, at least there are these um, like digital billboards on all the street corners that usually say like fun facts about bagels. And instead, now they're like, here's how you don't get coronavirus. Um, but we wanted to talk about how it's affecting day-to-day -day life and how we can manage those parts of it. Um, so let's start by just talking about like, how is this affecting people? Um, what kinds of stresses are people under in this time? Well, I think anxiety is really, really peaking right now. Um, I don't know about other cities, but I think New York City and anxiety already going hand in hand. Yes. So um, all of us have a pretty fair baseline for anxiety and stress if you live in a big city um, or for lots of other reasons. And so this kind of thing is really peaking it um, on a couple of different levels. So there's the what about me anxiety? Like, how is this affecting me in my daily life? in my well-being, in my sense of connection, and like just routine. Um, and then what about the rest of the world? Yeah. Yep. What is happening? How is the world going to end? What is, is New York City going to be okay? Is school going to be open? Is, you know, like the person that I take yoga class from going to be able to continue because of what's happening? Who's going to die? Or, you know, then there's like the global global disruption that we're, that we really haven't had to face so much. Right. Um, and then I would even add on to that is we don't particularly have an end date. We cannot yes. say, okay, guys, for two weeks, we are doing this. We're socially distancing. We are working from home. Our kids are going to be home from school, from daycare. We can do this two weeks. We don't know that. So that is really going to amp up a lot of the stress is because we are good at planning when we have a finite amount of time. We're not great at planning or even managing transitions if we don't know when this is going to end. I was talking to a friend today and she was like, I just feel like I can't control anything. And I was like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've been you know, talking to a lot of other people about what other benchmarks do we have for this, at least in our generation. And um, we don't really have any. Um, we've never been told by our government to do the specific things that we're doing. We've never had to restrict things, at least in the way that we're doing, 
for many of us who have had those privileges not to have to. Um, so I think there is like an added level of just like our privilege is, is really showing right now too, about mm-hmm. being able to go out and buy whatever expensive food is left on the shelf at the grocery store or being able to still have a salary while working from home. Um, I think it's also raising a lot of awareness in that way too. Totally. And, you know, it's really, I think, showing the difference among people, even in who think of themselves as being in sort of the same cohort. Like, for example, um, in my friend group, there are a lot of people who work in either they work in tech or they work in tech adjacent fields where basically like they're able to do their full job from their house, but they're wearing pajamas, you know? Mm -hmm. So for them, like that's not a a huge change. Um, I also know a ton of actors and a ton of people who work in the service industry, all of whom just lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, I also now know a ton of parents. And so they're going through a, a different version of this experience. Um, and so, it's in some ways it's sort of like showing the cracks in the system Mm -hmm. in a way that like that is additionally stressful. Like you were saying, there's like what's happening to me. And then there's also like, Oh no, is the fabric of society tearing? (laughs) Yeah. And how long, how long can I hold on for? Yes, totally. Um, Right. A lot of people I think can make it without working for two weeks. Yeah. But if this is going to be two months, three months, um, and we have no way of knowing at this point how long it's going to be. And a lot of us know how to cope with stress because we've done it, whether it's studying for final exams or a really big move or stress points at work, but those are time limited. And we know that we have the capacity to get through these things in a time limited way, even if we're aware that anxiety peaks and then it stabilizes and we we can navigate that with um, enough tolerance. (laughs) Um, this feels different because we just don't, it's, it's not an arc that we're familiar with. So we can certainly draw on what we know works for us as individuals for stress management. And we have to kind of add some, some auxiliary things to sort of just recognize that we don't have, don't have a lot of answers or a lot of things that we can predict. So how do we find some control and balance within that ambiguity? Yeah. Well, where should we start here in terms of how we handle things? Should we start with saying like um, someone who uh, is able to work from home? And so in that situation, we're mostly dealing with like the general stress of like this crazy thing is happening and the specific stress of being like cooped up in your house. Yeah. Well, I want to preface this with, um, you know, if someone is really experiencing a high level of anxiety where they just cannot shut off their thoughts and it's really getting in the way of being able to work and really being really like seeping into personal relationships and causing so, so much distress, it's time to call a therapist. Um, So what we're going to be talking about is, you know, what can we do within our space? And if that's not working, call a therapist. Um, So again, like everyone walks around with anxiety, stress, and like mood stuff. It just is a continuum that we all live with as humans. And we need to know what are those points of reaching out to a professional and, you know, knowing that we know who to go to and and how to access that. Mm -hmm. So this is not intended to be like a clinical space, you know, so take these things, try it out. And if you're already in therapy, fantastic. (laughs) Um, Good time to already be in therapy. Good time to already be in therapy. Everyone is, the 
one interesting thing about this time is technology has really helped us in so many ways. And we'll talk about that for sure. Um, so if, if your life is being interrupted because of social distancing, you're not able to go out and about as much anymore, you need to kind of manage just like, how am I going to spend all my time in the house? Um, routine, routine, routine. Really important to set a schedule. Um, I think we can all possibly relate to the weekends where we've really had ideas of what we wanted to do. And then we kind of get stuck on the couch and then Sunday at 6 p.m. hits and we're like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. I just wasted my time. Right. And then we either get really stressed out and like try to do all the things before bedtime or we're just like bummed out that we didn't weren't as, quote unquote, productive. Yeah. Even in our leisure. And even our leisure time, we need to be productive. So we need right. to find the right balance of productivity so that we can work, movement breaks, you know, eating, wellness activities, socializing. So um, one thing that has really come out of the schools closing are schedules. There's lots of schedules online now. Um, and it's literally 8 a.m., wake up, <laughs> 8.30, eat breakfast. And so I really encourage people to organize their day in a predictable fashion. Um, a body in motion will stay in motion. And it's okay to put in, you know, 12 to 1230, social media break. Fantastic. If that's what you need, great. Add it in there. Um, but if you yeah. kind of know, like, how to break down, you know, the 16 hours that you're awake, then you're more likely to sort of stay on that schedule get some things done without getting sucked into the news or getting sucked into social media or end up binge watching, you know, a whole, the whole series of parks and recreation. <laughs> um, and then you didn't get any work done and you've done nothing around the house that will bring you joy. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And I also think it can feel like, um, a big leap if you have sort of already found yourself in that, like, I stayed in my pajamas all day and like all I did was uh, like eat chips, um, which like I get it. Um, but if if setting a whole schedule feels like daunting, start with one thing. Start with like, OK, I'm going to start getting up at this time or yeah. say like, OK, I'm going to start making it a rule that even if I wear pajamas all day, I get up and shower first and then put pajamas back on or like put on clean pajamas or whatever it is. Like, I really think there is. Um, you can start with one thing and then mm -hmm. it's sort of, like you said, no a body in motion stays yeah. in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're, if you're a schedule person, which I totally am, then <laughs> great. Um, if that feels daunting to you, start with one thing. Yeah. And if, if starting a schedule sounds daunting, then another thing to do either in tandem or separately is just to like list out what you want to do. Mm -hmm. List out both. Um, I, I mean, I'm a paper and pencil person. I'm still a little old school than that, but I know technology is fantastic for that stuff. Um, so categorize things. What do I want to do for wellness? What are some personal projects that I have around my home that I want to get done? Um, what is a, per a personal development goal that I have? Um, what are ways of getting my creative juices flowing? How can I stimulate my mind in a way that's not related to work? So kind of like box things out and just have a couple of things so that if you're kind of done with, you know, binge watching something, you have something to go to. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we are just on the couch, 
it's easy to get sort of stuck there and then to feel bad about it. And we don't want to give ourselves any more reason to have these uncomfortable feelings. So mm-hmm. if you know that that's your go-to, then then find, then find create some lists to be active. Um, and get creative with technology. Maybe you set a reminder on your phone for you know 1 p.m. every day, and it's a recurring reminder to check your list. Or every, you know, every day at 4 p.m., go for a walk around the block. You know, really get creative with how to keep yourself accountable for the things that you've already committed to doing. Totally. I find it's really helpful to have some of those things in a place that I can see them in the normal course of my life. Mm -hmm. Because I have, you know, lists on my computer that are, you know, shared to my phone or whatever. But when there are things that I'm, like, repeatedly not getting to and then I'm like, why can I not ever get it together Mm -hmm. to, like, you know research, uh, that vacuum cleaner I was going to buy. Right. Um, then, uh, we have a little tiny whiteboard that goes on our fridge. And if I put something like that on the whiteboard and then I see it every time I go to the fridge, it's so much more likely that I'm going to get it done. And then I can erase it when I'm finished and I feel really (laughs) good about myself. Yeah. And it's not about making yourself feel bad and being so ambitious. We just want to make sure that we're recognizing where do we typically fall in, in like the anxious or sad continuum and what can we use about what we already know about how we are and, and just put a plan in place. Totally. What about Um, lowering expectations? I mean, I think that's a big thing too. Like this is a crazy time and, um, people are processing a lot of stuff and I would guess that we're not going to be as productive as if everything was normal. Yeah, I would, I would really try to reframe that as just be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be hard on yourself. Um, if what you need is to have a glass of wine, then that is what you need. Um, check in and be mindful about, is that glass of wine making you feel worse? Because then you're feeling overindulgent and you're not getting, and it's like spiraling into something else. Well then, okay, put a mental stop to that and and choose a different activity one day and see how that feels. Mm -hmm. It's not about all or nothing. It's, it's really about, you know, trying a couple of things out and seeing what fits and, and knowing that you can unchoose things. You can change your routine. You can change that list of things to do. Um, I mean, I, that constant reminder alerts. And at some point I start to feel bad that it's not done yet. Um, and that's not the intention here. The intention is just how to keep yourself going when you, your like physical space can't really change. Totally. So how do you, do you have any suggestions for handling information? Because one thing that my husband and I have both encountered is like, we have this thirst for more information because we don't know what's going to happen. But every time we look at Twitter, we end up feeling bad. (laughs) Do you have any suggestions? Totally common. Um, Technology breaks. And I, and I say that knowing that it is how we're connecting these days too. And so connecting is also really important. So, um, if, if we're going with the schedule route, schedule in times to, to check the app. Maybe you, you turn off notifications, but I really, really encourage folks, and, and I would say this is also something I'm actively working on, is it probably hasn't changed in the last 20 minutes. Um, and just keep refreshing is just feeding the anxiety of needing more information, but it's not solving anything. Um, 
And it's uncomfortable to be disconnected from the news because we feel like if we're not checking, then what are we really doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of distancing distancing yourself from that thought. Not checking is healthy. Um, Whatever is there is still going to be there in 30 minutes. Um, And so really framing out when is the right time to check and really checking one or two news sources, not all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, The news sources that you trust uh, for sure. Um, maybe it's the, like the news podcast that you listen to in the morning and then they do an evening edition and then that's, that's it. And really communicating to your friends and your family that that's your plan so that they can also help by not touching base every five minutes about the latest rumor or the latest thing or the latest announcement that, that may or may not to you need, need to be something that, you know, now. Yeah. Um, like this mm-hmm. news cycle is crazy. It's really hard to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's maybe not good to keep up with. <laughs> like, I think not sustainable. Um, we can't yeah. do this for the next three months. Right. Totally. And, um, you know, there are certain kinds of news that I have found helpful, um, like, you know, seeing what really reputable sources are saying about how we can keep ourselves and each other safe. Um, Other things, like the more political angle of how this is all being handled, Mm -hmm. I have found to be really unhelpful to me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand why it needs to be reported on, and I think that's important. But, like, for me, getting super involved in that is just like a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a good thing I know for myself. I know that I listen to, like you said, my, like, news podcast that I listen to that only comes out once a day. Um, I check the front page of the New York Times website. Uh, you know, for me, that's a good mix. I don't always keep to that, but I try to. (laughs) I mean, our phones don't help because there's the news app and we can Mm -hmm. just refresh it. Um, And so it's a good cue if you're noticing that you are constantly refreshing the news app to put it down and take some space. Yeah. Um, It's really good to kind of notice when it is feeling overwhelming and to check in with what that feels like within your own thoughts and within your own body and then know to sort of just put it down and, and find something to distance yourself from it. Um, very much recommend that people distance themselves from technology an hour before bed. Yeah. Getting restful sleep is really, really important when we're stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know a lot about how the light in our phones and our TVs and our screens affect our sleep. And then if your mind is constantly being activated by, that text or that social media post or that news thing, um, then it's going to interfere with your sleep. Totally. Uh, and if you're sleeping well, your immune system is working better. So, you know, you need to sleep. Rest is really important. Totally. Um, what about loneliness? Um, you know, if you don't have a partner or maybe you live alone or you live with roommates that are not particularly close to you, um, how, I I can imagine it being really scary to look down an endless, potentially, you know, feels like it's endless amount of time alone. Yeah. You know, this is really, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, because there's elderly family members that we can't necessarily spend time with um, and friends that have different, different living situations, like you said. Um, So make a plan with them, reach out, read, this is, everyone is reaching out and, and it's kind of a beautiful thing right now where there's so much community spirit, um, happening and 
if you are in the situation where you're partnered or have a family or you, you live in a household with more people, reach out to the person who you know doesn't have that. Um, and maybe you plan a, a time to sit and have like a happy hour over FaceTime or share a meal together over FaceTime or teach a thing. Um, who knows yoga or who knows how to knit or who knows how to draw or, you know, play, um, play one of those like flippy games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I forget what they're called too, but you can do it with your phone and it's like a guessing thing categories. Yeah. We've talked about having a, a Skype game night with some friends of ours. Yeah. Totally doable. Um, and it really helps with isolation. Um, if you are in the situation where, where it is, you, you live at home, you're, you're kind of solo, um, do the same, reach out. Um, and then also there's a, a lot of interactive things happening on the internet right now. There's like people all over are, are offering, um, interactive classes or instructional videos and stuff like that. And so this could be a good time to hone a skill or to, you know, work on something to drive your own goals forward. Um, and also check in with your neighbors, find out what they need. Um, because you could have an elderly neighbor who needs to get out and get their prescription or who could use some groceries and and you could be that person, or maybe they need a dog walked Mm -hmm. and you get to hang out with that cute little puppy. Um, this is a nice time to connect with our communities in ways that, that we're usually able to avoid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Or we Um, do avoid because, you know, there's no time or whatever. Lot, lots of real reasons. And, mm-hmm. and this is the time where we can um, lean into the, the community oriented nature of things. What about those of us who are very much not alone in our increasingly small feeling spaces, um, dealing with uh, a lot of partners are spending a lot of a lot more time together than they're used to. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents and kids are spending a lot more time together than they're used to. A lot of enforced togetherness. Yes, our nerves are fried. <laughs> um, setting boundaries is really helpful. Um, I, I I think that when we can sort of control our physical spaces, we feel better. And so, what are some of the 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 norms that you want that you need to keep like a regular day-to-day sanity check. Um, a lot of times on the weekends, that's when we're all together and we can sort of deal with some chaos and too many um, dishes in the sink and like socks on the floor. Like we can handle it for 48 hours, right? We can't handle it for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, so having some some family agreements around like what do we need to stay sane and how can we help each other out with that um and it might be just naming what is really bothering you in a way that's coming from a a more logical space and less of an emotional space so i definitely recommend that people have these conversations with their partners or their family members when they are not in a place of like emotional activation when they're not Mm -hmm. on high alert with it um and then as far as like workplaces go, I know that so many people are trying to figure out like, how can I set up my laptop and my partner set up their laptop and the kids set up here, do your best to like return your living space back to your living space at the end of the day. And that's hard because mm-hmm. usually it's the kitchen table or it's the bed. Um, and we had to do it again, you know, at eight o'clock the next morning, but really do your best to like return your living space back to where it was. Mm-hmm. It will start to feel a little bit 
more of a break between work and home um, really help just give some space to everyone. If, if people have their own little nooks, people can feel as if they have a little bit of privacy. Um, so far, we're still allowed to go outside. And thankfully, at least on the East Coast, where we are in March, it's pretty good outside. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to say to someone, I need 10 minutes and go for a walk. Um, people need to just kind of agree that disagreements are going to happen and it doesn't mean the end of the world. It doesn't necessarily mean there's something totally wrong with us. It just means that we're responding very normally to a very abnormal situation. Totally. Yeah. Matt and I had sort of a family meeting, uh, when we realized that this was going to get really serious. Um, and we tried to just sort of like put out into the air things we anticipated happening. Um, so we, you know, tried to talk about like, you know, he's working during the day and I'm taking care of the baby. So like neither of those things is particularly conducive to the other one. So we figured out like, what are our spaces going to be so that we each feel free to do what we need to do? Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that I brought up is like, there's not going to be a lot of alone time. So we may have to, even though we're not used to it, we may have to say like, after the baby's asleep, like one of us goes to one room and the other person goes to the other room for a while, just to feel like we're alone for a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I know some people are like, <laughs> I'm so tired of being alone. Yeah. Uh, but for, for those of us who are in small spaces with families, it's yeah. uh, feeling critical at the moment. Um, yeah, asking for what you need is really a great strategy and being proactive about it, not mm-hmm. doing doing it um, ahead of time and having a plan and then some structure to revisit the plan. Totally. Um, we talked about it in terms of like what we felt okay and not okay about in terms of social distancing also, because mm-hmm. I know that for us within our relationship, we often have different tolerances for risk and conflict comes up when in the moment, we both have a different response to uh, what we sh- like, what choice we should make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we agreed on sort of some like house rules for things we did and did not feel comfortable with yeah. before we were in the moment of having to make that decision mm-hmm. and someone having to be disappointed because the other person wasn't comfortable. Yeah. Um, so it may be a little late for that for some people who are listening to this, um, but I don't think it's ever too late to uh, revisit that conversation and say like, as a family what are we okay with here? And what are, what are we saying is off limits until we know more? Yeah. Making a plan is always a really good place. And like you said, you can, you can do it at any point in the process and revisit it. It's not set in stone. It is flexible as the situation changes. It's a fluid plan. Um, people should feel okay saying, okay, at the end of the day, I've done so many video calls and, and phone calls and texting and checking in. I just need 20 minutes of quiet time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Great. It doesn't mean you don't like me or love me. It just means you need 20 minutes of quiet time. So sort of all the parties involved need to be kind of aware of, of, of what that might bring up and, and try to just keep it within the logical space of the, they're asking for 20 minutes or not asking for, you know, uh, a divorce or something. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. <laughs> and I we don't want to yeah, start I, catastrophizing everything right now. We have right. enough of that going on in the day. Right. There's one real catastrophe. Everything yeah. else, hopefully we can, we can manage on a lower level. Yeah. Um, 
one thing that I think is probably going to come up for a lot of our listeners is that being, uh, you know, doing social distancing or quarantine or whatever it is, um, whatever your situation is, your eating is likely to be different and your amount of movement is likely to be different. Um, and I get, I'm guessing that there are some people who um, are really stressed about the fact that they can't do their normal workout routine and who are really stressed about the fact that their food situation is different. I mean, like I know people who are used to eating three meals a day at work and now all of a sudden they're eating three meals a day at home and trying to figure out like how to cook for themselves (laughs) or how to, you know, order food or, you know, all those things, um, that can be stressful. It can be, it can inspire guilt for some people. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I would guess that there's going to be a fair amount of comfort eating happening. There is for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, first of all, I want to say that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but do you have suggestions for sort of how to deal with the, the stress of those things being different? Well, um, we want to be aware of why we're doing things. Um, I, I think that there's, the world of memes is very rich around (laughs) sort of self-care equaling indulgence. Mm -hmm. And we want to sort of tune into that and figure out like, well, why is that? Like culturally food is love, right? And, and Mm -hmm. food is emotion. And and we have a lot tied to that. And I'm Italian. I like, we all know. Um, (laughs) So comfort eating can be really helpful because it does make us feel better. Um, too much of it then throws us in a shame spiral of, I can't believe I finished that whole thing of ice cream. Um, so your podcast on intuitive eating and mindful eating was like, I think really spot on with how to sort of avoid that shame spiral. Um, cause it's not about one or the other. It's about finding that middle ground where we feel like we can <clears throat> snack when we're bored, um, <laughs> without feeling bad about it. And kind of embracing the challenge of maybe learning something new if people are not good home cooks. There are so many listicles out there now about what you can do with all of your pantry items that you purchased. Totally. (laughs) Um, And you know what? If we've got the time on our hands, 45 minutes of of playing around in the kitchen um, can also help us feel like we've accomplished something, even if it doesn't turn out well. The, the effort can be really, we can give ourselves a pat on the back for it. Um, something that a family can do together, get the kids involved or get your partner involved. Um, it can be like a, like a family or community activity um, to help us feel connected in a, in a way that doesn't include being lo- like logisticizing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or binge watching something. Um, and, you know, kind of knowing that right now we're sort of like hitting this peak of crisis and it's going to stabilize. So you may be doing things right now while we're all processing this and don't attach yourself to the fact that this is going to be the reality forever. Yeah. We'll get better and we'll get better at handling it. Even if the situation with the pandemic takes a lot longer to stabilize. So just know that we are transitions and we're also built to have some struggles while we're dealing with it. Yeah. Um, so give yourself some patience and give yourself some grace. 
And at the same time, you know, just kind of tune in to what's not feeling good anymore. Um, and I'm all for little rewards. If I got that thing done that has been on my reminders list for a week, yes, I will absolutely enjoy that piece of chocolate. Um, <laughs> because that's what I need to get through it. <laughs> totally. Um, and I really started, like the movement part. Mm-hmm. Man, so much of our mood is tied into our movement, mm-hmm. right? And so um, the internet is is right now like our, our solution for everything, isn't it? <laughs> um, there's lots of free workouts online. There's, in addition to the free workouts, um, you know, in our communities, a lot of the the smaller studios or even the big studios are, are, are laying people off because the gyms are closed. And so some of those folks are getting creative with live streaming workouts and paid or unpaid. And so finding some of those, because that's also a nice way of connecting with the community, doing something that's outside of yourself and that involves, you know, whatever healthy movement feels good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, you you know yourself and you know that you have different needs on different days. And there are going to be times when I think the thing you need to know is like, it's okay to, um, you know, relax and have this just be like a restorative chill day. Um, and there are days where the thing that's really going to make you feel the best is if you find a way to move your body. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, it is not your fault that you cannot go to the gym there is a global pandemic Mm -hmm. that is preventing you from doing that. So if you're having, if you're finding that um, in this time, you're having a lot of stress around not being able to maintain your workout routine or not being able to maintain the way that you eat, um, that might be a clue for you that like, oh, like this might be a bigger deal for me than I realized. And maybe I should talk to a therapist (laughs) Um, because, (laughs) because those things are, um, commonly, uh, you know, places of stress for people. And, um, we've talked a lot on the show about how normal eating is flexible eating, normal exercise is flexible exercise. And if you have a lot of stress around having to be flexible with those things, then that's something that a mental health professional can um, help you work through. Yeah. We want to like emphasize, do what works, Mm -hmm. do what, you know, works for you. Like we've all been through some stress and so we can take our cues from what works for us. Um, and, and know that we need to adapt and adapting is uncomfortable. Transitions are uncomfortable. We are, are as human beings, transitions do not make us feel good. And when we are struggling with the transition, we turn that into everything else is wrong too. And we really want to just like bring attention to that and say, it's okay. Like we are going to find our way through this. Um, do the things that we can control, like you said, with flexibility and patience, that if it's not, if we don't get it right that first day, it doesn't mean we're never going to get it right. It just means we didn't get it right that first day. And, yeah. you know, maybe try again tomorrow or change the game plan. Um, we'll something, figure it out eventually. Something Matt always says is the only thing you need to do to get back on the ba- on the path is step back onto the path. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, Every day is a chance for you to step back onto the path. It's it's never too late. He didn't yeah. make that up. I think it's like a you know a ancient thing. quote. But oh yes, uh, he says it all the time, and I find it very useful. My my go to is um, you don't have to be great at the start, but you have to start to be great. 
And I hold on to that whenever it's just feeling like a never or an always is happening for me. It's I, I, you got to start somewhere. Totally. Um, one thing that you mentioned already that, um, I just want to sort of explicitly say is that if we're really caught up in sort of what's going on for me, um, a way, a, a very healthy way to get out of that is to try to think about what can I do to help other people. Um, obviously, while staying safe and still following, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the recommendations that we've been given, but um, turning our focus outward can be a way to feel less lonely and also to like do good for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've already mentioned checking in with people who are older or live alone um, and might need help with things. Um, a friend of mine pointed out that a lot of seniors have never ordered groceries online mm-hmm. and may not be as comfortable with that sort of like online shopping scenario. Uh, and so that's something that like we can be really helpful with. Um, it's not hard for us to like make a phone call and like walk through the grocery list and help place the order or, uh, you know, safe to do so to go and get a prescription for somebody. Um, uh, do you have any other thoughts about things we can do to help others in this time? You know, it's, uh, very location specific, right? Like I want to speak from my experience living in a New York city apartment building, which is, is not everyone's experience. Um, but just to give a little bit of, of a view into what that has been, um, we've, people have stepped up in the neighborhood and said, okay, I'm going to be like the building leader for this. If you need something, reach out to me. And then that person has other volunteers to call on if they need to do something for a neighbor who needs some help. Um, There's been a lot about how to help local businesses um, continue during this time. And so reaching out to one of like the business owners that, that you're really familiar with and you're really dedicated to and seeing what they need, um, because you can put that on social media and blast it out. Um, one of the things I did today was I put a little shamrock on my window because the neighborhood kids were walking around and doing a shamrock hunt. And, you know, I don't know if any kids saw that shamrock. I looked at my window for a while to see if anyone did. <laughs> but it did make me feel very good to, like, take out the scissors and my marker and make a little shamrock and paste it just in case someone is following that and... And, you know, helping a little kid feel like they've got something to do when they can't actually play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a big need in the food pantries. Yeah. Give a call and find out what they need. And if you're in a position of being able to order some extra groceries and um, it's safe to either deliver it directly to them or to walk it over, fantastic. Food pantries also always take monetary donations. If you don't want to leave their house or leave your house, they will take, I'm sure, uh, any form of money that you can provide. Mm. um, And then they can buy the food themselves. Yeah. Um, That's a great one. And find out what what do the the local schools need to help kids learn from a distance? Like, do Mm. you have an iPad that you're done with? Do you, you know, and, and not just about you providing that service, but then connecting other people to that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, cause again, it's not, it's like, yes, what can you do? But then also how can you utilize your platform? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are really finding ways of like, if, if, if they have a particular area of expertise, they're putting it on their social media, like, Hey, people with kids who are at home, I can do a 30 minute lesson on how to code, or I can do a 30 minute moving meditation or 
playing the piano. You know, I've seen so much creativity out there to help people connect with others in a way that we, we really haven't seen so far. Yeah, we, um, the baby and I did a free music class today on Facebook Live. Yeah. Someone just <laughs> sure, did out of the adorable. goodness of their heart. And it was <laughs> yeah. adorable. Yes. And it was 30 minutes where I did not have to think of what to do with this baby. <laughs> exactly. So I really yeah. appreciate it. You know, maybe if, if you are in the position of feeling a little bit like isolated, reach out to your friends with, with kids and find out like, Hey, like give me 45 minutes on a call or like a video chat or a FaceTime. And you know, like I'll come up with something. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a great way to connect. It's a great way to help someone else. Um, and, and feel like we're, we're helping the situation and, and kind of freeing ourselves from being stuck. Totally. Um, well, is there anything else that you want people to think about or know uh, going into this really uncertain time? Yeah, I would really encourage people to check in on their bodies and check in on their thoughts. Um, and if either one of them feels out of whack, think about what would feel balancing. Um, so if like your mind is spinning into the, the what ifs and the, and the forevers and the terribles, maybe that's the time to, to, to put the phone down. And even if that means, um, like we're using our phone to text and call our friends, it's still okay to just put it down for 30 minutes and do a, a more centering activity, whatever that might be for you, um, and on the other hand, if you're noticing that you're feeling a little bit lethargic and, and tired and and just difficulty finding motive, finding motivation to do something, um, try to find something that has like the opposite effect, whether that's something creative or connecting with someone socially um, or, or taking a walk or, or throwing on, you know, like a 20 minute free movement activity. Um just really tune in and, and, and get curious about what you're feeling and what you're thinking and then and then what to do about it and creative in, in doing that within the, the small spaces that we have right now. Totally. Um, I'm going to include some resources that I think might be useful in the show notes. I'll link to some of the um, online workouts that Daphne and I uh, really like um, that are free and good to do in an apartment or house. Um, I'll link to um, some reputable news sources if you want to sort of like narrow down where you're getting your media um, and uh, and we'll see what other uh, goodies we can put in there. Um, but if I were going to sort of take everything we've talked about and, and try to wrap it up into a takeaway, I would say that like, first of all, this is a really unusual time. And so be gentle with yourself and be patient with yourself and the people around you because it's not normal. So things are not going to be normal. Um, but given that, um, we can uh, take stock of how we're feeling and look for things that will help balance us out. Making a schedule is probably a good idea for most of us. Um, reaching out to other people to check on how they're doing and for them to check on how you're doing is going to be really useful. Um, having conversations with the people with whom we're sharing space when we're feeling rational and not super emotional about the topics, probably helpful. Um, and, uh, and to know that we will adjust, that we are built for transition and we're built for change. And that even though right now it feels like things are going to be totally, totally insane forever and ever. 
um, you know, we will adjust no matter what uh, is coming down the pike. Uh, and if any of these things are becoming too much, uh, you can reach out to a therapist and I'll try to put some, uh, some links for uh, resources there in the show notes as well. Um, did I miss anything important? No, I think you, that was a really tidy little bow you put around that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, if people want to find you on the internet, do you have a website or anywhere that they can look for you? I do have a website. It is um, cavaliertherapy.com and I'll spell my last name. It is C-A-V-A-L-I-E-R-E therapy.com. And I will put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you. Um, well, Kelly, thanks so much for talking with us um, and, and talking us down <laughs> from our <laughs> panic a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really uh, appreciate you like highlighting this topic. And, you know, we'll see where we are in four weeks and, and having to revisit where we're at with all of this. Yeah, we every day is a new day and uh, one step at a time. Exactly. One step at a time. Um, but for those of you who are listening, um, I wish you safety and health and um, hope uh, as we go through this. Um, know that you aren't alone. We're, uh, you know, if we're staying apart to stand together, and even though that's corny, I do think that it's a really nice sentiment. So I'm standing with you, even though I'm standing at least six feet away. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is normally hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back uh, sometime soon. We're working on our second season for real, uh, and it should be coming out soon. So watch uh, wherever you found this episode for more episodes soon. Uh, you can make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For show notes, for help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Uh, let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks, and we will see you soon.